0: to achieve a restful and peaceful night's sleep. Search for Sleep Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see why Sleep Cove helps millions of people sleep deeply all night long. Thank you for joining us for another Mindful Moment. We're very grateful for our listeners, and especially during these challenging times. Mindfulness not only improves your mental, emotional, and physical well-being but provides a foundation for remaining calm during a crisis. Through mindful thoughts and actions, we can do more than just survive challenges. We can continue to thrive. The key to becoming more mindful is simply practice. We hope this podcast will provide you with knowledge, inspiration, motivation, and helpful strategies to cope with current events. Working together, we can not only get through any situation— but can learn and grow from the experience. So let's get started. First, let's just pause for a couple of seconds. Let's take in a deep breath through the nose, hold it for a count of four and slowly release it through the mouth. Ready? Take a breath in. Hold, two, three, four, And exhale slowly. I hope you're well. If you're ill, I hope you're in the process of healing quickly. Even if you're physically well, I'm sure emotionally you're anywhere from anxious to terrified. If you're on the far end of that range, I again encourage you to use breathing exercises to calm yourself and which will prompt your brain to release feel-good hormones instead of stress hormones. I also remind you that being in a state of stress weakens your immune system, which is definitely not what any of us want right now. So breathe. Unless you live in earthquake or hurricane regions, most of you have never experienced the eeriness of being homebound, experiencing food insecurity, and being cut off from friends and family. The last time I can recall might have been during the 9-11 event. Many of you weren't even born yet. So keep in mind that it's really normal to feel very uncomfortable right now. My last major experience with this was the Northridge earthquake, and I'm so grateful that in this event, we at least have electricity, water, and phone service. Those were the scariest things to me in that event, sitting in the dark with no idea what was happening anywhere because we were truly cut off, at least for the first few hours. And those hours honestly felt like the end of the world. I am saying thank you every day that I have light and heat, that I can find out what's happening, and that I can stay connected with my loved ones and my clients. A key aspect of mindfulness is understanding that we're all connected, and this event is definitely reflecting that on multiple levels. The virus doesn't care what country we live in or what our age is or what our financial status may be. It's just doing what it's meant to do, spreading. As scary as being isolated feels, it is absolutely the only way for us to slow it down and save lives. Try to keep in mind that the newest restrictions in the U.S. are preventative. It's still true that most people who contract the virus will recover, and most will have mild symptoms. I know we have listeners in Canada, Mexico, and Brazil. I'm not sure if we have listeners in the hardest-hit countries to date, like Italy, But if you're listening, we send our sincere wishes for safety and recovery. And I want to thank all of the people in Italy who have sent messages warning us to pay attention and follow the physical distancing our officials are mandating. One of the most disturbing aspects for me of sheltering in place is the external breaking of our connection. First, I ask that all of us stop using the term social distancing. We don't need to socially distance ourselves from each other. We just need to physically distance ourselves from each other. Our regular listeners know that I have an issue with calling our devices smart. They aren't smart, but we can use them in a smart way. We are so blessed to have the technology to stay in touch remotely, and now is the time to be smart and use them to our advantage. We can see each other, talk to each other, check on each other, even sing to each other. Our connectedness related to resources was in stark evidence over the past couple of weeks, and if you watch the news, it looks like there are massive shortages with people lined up hours before stores open and then leaving empty-handed. Believing that we may run out of food or water is definitely scary, but it's not true. Remember to use fear as an acronym. False. Evidence. Appearing. Real. Everyone I know and have talked to has been able to get food. Perhaps not as conveniently as we normally do, but we can get it. The temporary shortages in the stores are simply due to the panic shopping that occurred, not because there's no food. Stores could not keep up, restock, etc., but they're getting regular deliveries. It's the same with toilet paper. Manufacturers and freight companies got caught by surprise, but more is coming. It's out there and on its way. They're also producing more disinfectants and hand sanitizers that will be out in another couple of weeks. Toilet paper has been my big quest over the last week, trying to find some so my staff isn't uncomfortable with whatever in the world we could have come up with as a replacement until the stores restock. Ironically, I just found toilet paper yesterday afternoon and was on the phone with the vendor when California's governor announced we're all homebound now. So now I don't need all of the rolls arriving on Monday. But the point is the same. There's plenty of stuff out there, it's just a matter of distribution and that will sort itself out over the next few weeks. We should also see a reduction in panic shopping, so stores will normalize and we'll be able to get what we need more smoothly. Since we now have seen proof that our behaviors can dramatically affect other people, as you shop, please only buy a week's worth of groceries at a time. This will allow everyone to have what they need. We all have a responsibility to be aware of our actions and behaviors, but we all have response ability available to us to make good choices. Response ability is simply the ability to respond instead of react. Are you response abled? If not, mindfulness can help you achieve that. This is so important right now because our lives have dramatically changed beyond the virus many things will not return to the way they were before this event. We all know how well we react to change. Not, but we can learn to respond to change in a way that best serves us and others. I think the first step, starting right now, is for all of us to work on our mindset. As you realize you're focusing on the past and how things used to be, remind yourself to focus on now. As you worry about what may happen in the future... Bring your attention back to the present. Rehashing the past, wishing for things to be like they were, and viewing history through rose-colored glasses is just a way to avoid the present. It's past. It's done and we can't go back. Catastrophizing what is coming is just storytelling. We make up stories because we don't know what's coming and we tend to make up scary stories. If you're going to focus on the future, why not make up a good story? Mindfulness is being present, focusing on right now, paying attention to all of the details of what's going on inside of you and around you, and perhaps most importantly right now, accepting what is. Wishing the pandemic wasn't happening doesn't make you feel better. So our new mindset needs to be, this is what's happening. With this mindset, we are response-abled. We can choose how to respond. So this is happening, and I don't like it at all, but I don't have to react with fear or panic. I first need to respond to my feelings. How am I? Anxious? Upset? Angry? How can I respond to my feelings? Breathe? Soothe myself? Calm down? Reach out to my loved ones? Reach out to a friend? Next, how can I respond to others? Does someone need my support? Have I checked on my friends, neighbors, and loved ones? Then, how can I respond to my community? I can stay at home unless leaving is absolutely necessary. I can realize that I'm in my home, my safe zone. If you're stranded somewhere else, are you safe? Do you have food and water? Again, if so, you're okay. The fear with that is not knowing when you get to come home, and I'm sorry you're in that situation. But you can respond calmly, too, which will better serve you until you're able to return. There are still some people in complete denial about what is occurring. This is a reaction, not a response. I've seen lots of reports about young people congregating, and we've all seen shots of the beaches in Florida, First, a key behavior of young people is to feel invincible. We all felt that same way at that age. Instead of reacting in anger to the danger they're posting for the rest of us, we can respond with factual information to help them realize that even if they're invincible, many of us are not. And of course, now the numbers are coming in showing that young adults are not exempt from catching the virus, so they will start to see that their behaviors need to change. I also know several older people in denial. As of yesterday, they believed that this whole situation is overblown and are trying to go about their business as usual. We can respond to these folks with concern, along with facts. It's unfortunate, but I don't think the media is educating us well. They're reporting these very low numbers and saying things like, but we're not testing enough. I don't think a lot of people realize that the real numbers are going to skyrocket. The governor of California was the first one I heard say a more realistic number yesterday, stating that of the 40 million people in the state, 56% will probably contract the virus. That's 22 million people just in California. Now if you factor in the roughly 12% that will be severely ill, that's 2.6 million people. Again, just in California. And that's why our health care system is going to be overwhelmed. When you see numbers that state that Los Angeles has 240 cases, that's just the number that have been tested positive, but hardly anyone's been tested. I think this is what's causing people to think this is not a big deal, and therefore, they aren't responding in a way that will keep them safe, as well as those they come in contact with. I don't share these numbers to scare anyone. I share them because we're all going to have to cooperate and be very considerate of others, and I think more people will if they understand the seriousness of the situation. Our officials don't know what this virus will do. They're now even questioning their own assumptions about what the symptoms are. So basically, no one can predict exactly what will happen. We don't like uncertainty, so of course, this is a worst-case scenario for our brains but we can respond to what we do know. Stay home. Follow physical distancing mandates. And at this stage, stay very aware of the importance of our healthcare workers. Don't go to a hospital unless your doctor tells you to. Remember, most people who get the virus will have mild symptoms. Stay home and take care of yourself and loved ones. Don't react with panic. Respond with common sense. And compassion. We all need to come together for all of the children impacted by this event. We need to demonstrate calm and ensure that kids feel safe and secure. We need to get very creative in keeping them busy and happy for the next few weeks or months. We need to share support with parents who are not only homebound with kids, but many who are going to be trying to work under those conditions. Yes, it's going to be stressful but we don't have to react to it in anger or frustration. Instead, we can respond mindfully. For all of those impacted financially, there's no sugarcoating it. It's extremely stressful. We're going to have a big recession, and we can react in panic, or we can respond with ideas and strategies that will help us get through. Most companies are waiving late fees, delaying payments, and temporarily halting disconnections from services. Governors across the country are implementing laws to prevent landlords from evicting tenants and lenders from foreclosing on homes. It appears that the federal stimulus package will provide more relief. Again, we can't know what will happen, but we can focus on what we can do today. Take inventory. Do you have what you need for the near future? Are you safe? Is there something you can do differently? A key component of mindfulness is non-judgment because none of us has enough information to know if something is good or bad. We could judge the small restaurant waitress who is supporting two young children losing her job as obviously bad. But if she now gets one of the 100,000 jobs that are open at Amazon, with better pay and full benefits, was it bad? I'm not in any way implying that everyone will come through this better off or that people aren't going to suffer. But we can adopt a mindset that says, since we just don't know, we'll be adaptable. Through an adaptable mindset, we can remain open to observing what the latest events are and adapting to them to best serve our needs. Let go of any picture of how things should be. They aren't going to be that. Instead of wasting energy judging the whole situation as bad, we can accept that it is whatever it is in this moment and even consciously look for what good may come from it. People in Venice, Italy are reporting seeing fish in the canals for the first time in their lifetimes. The brown skies in China are now blue again for the first time in years. The nights are quiet without the continuous noise pollution of airplanes. We now have more time to spend with our children. This forced time out, provides us with an opportunity to slow down and reflect, reprioritize our values, recognize how much we have to be grateful for, even in the face of this challenging situation, and consider how we can contribute to the greater good. We know in the United States that we haven't seen the worst of this yet, but we're now all aware of what we need to do to be safe and to protect others. Let's do that and we know that we have a choice to either adapt to our circumstances or resist them. With response ability, we can choose the better of those two choices and adapt. We've shown over and over again that we're resilient. We're creative. Small businesses all over the country are already adapting their business models and practices to the situation. Restaurants are becoming food stores. drive throughs are becoming virus testing centers. Takeout orders for tacos in L.A. now come with toilet paper. Our neighborhood just announced a walking party, asking people to take their cocktails to the front porch tomorrow evening and wave to neighbors as they walk by, or walk themselves, at least six feet apart, of course. Entertainers are already acting and singing on social media to help lighten our moods. What can you contribute? I had just finished writing this when I received a call from my toilet paper vendor. Who thought I would ever be saying those words? He's concerned their inventory count is off and I may not receive all of those glorious rolls now. Am I happy about it? Of course not. But is there any point in resisting what is? Nope. I'll just have to adapt. We're going to be conducting daily short meditations on Facebook Live starting Monday, March 23rd at 7 a.m. Join us live or you can replay the recording. It's simply a way for us to connect, get centered, and remember that we all breathe the same air. We are all connected. Let's just take a moment now to relax. Simply breathe in and out. Notice your breath. Be grateful for your breath. Notice how pleasant it is to simply stop for a moment, to take a break from the chaos outside and feel safe and secure in this moment. Just breathing in, and breathing out. As you return to the outer world, be safe, be well, and be kind. Life offers too many rich opportunities to just survive it, including during a crisis. Our intention is to support you in thriving through a life of purpose and meaning. Until next time, be kind to yourself and to others, and remember to be mindful. We are returning to a weekly format to better support our listeners during this time, so be sure to join us next week for A Mindful Moment together. Please subscribe to A Mindful Moment with Teresa McKee wherever you find your podcasts. Please rate this podcast so that others can find us. And follow us on social media at Work to Live. A Mindful Moment is written and hosted by Teresa McKee. The Spanish version is translated and recorded by Paola Tile. Intro music, Retreat by Jason Farnham. Outro music, Morning Stroll by Josh Kirsch, media Right Productions. Meditation music, Angel's Dream by Akash Gandhi. This podcast is produced by Work to Live Productions. Thank you for joining us.